Hey everyone, how's it going? Hopefully having a fantastic week wherever you are in the world right now. Um, I am here solo today. Yep, you are. You're going to have to miss Ian because he is... Actually, I'm not sure what he's doing right now. What time is it over here in the UK? Quarter past two. He's probably just waking up right now, doing some stre- doing some morning yoga stretches. I don't know what he gets up to on a morning. I'm sure he, uh, I'm sure he does yoga stretches or something like that. Anyway, all that to say, it is me solo today, um, and today's a little bit different because I'm going to be talking mainly about a uh, a course that is open for enrollment right now because I don't want you to miss out on it um because we only do this once a year and it's actually if I am correct I think it's only open for 4 days Yes, you heard that correctly. Four days. Um, we only open it once a year, and uh, this is your chance to get it. But, um, and it is, if you're wondering, it's the Jazz Accelerator. Uh, you might have heard that, of that before. It's one of my uh, signature courses that I have. I created it about a year ago, I think, maybe 18 months ago. Um, and we've had thousands of students go through it. Um, it's a monster course. It's one of, in, ter- in terms of the educational stuff that I've created in the past, it's one of the ones that I'm really, really proud of because I'm a huge fan of jazz and frankly think that every bass player out there should uh, put their, you know, some time and effort into learning what what jazz is and getting some of this stuff under their fingers. And, you know, and yeah, I'm biased. Obviously, I'm here to talk about the course, but even if you don't buy the course you know, whatever, um, I'm still here to recommend that everybody, no matter if you're into rock, jazz, well, not obviously not jazz, but rock, metal, reggae, punk, funk, any of those, any of those genres of music, and then some, whatever, you should be looking at jazz because there is so much to gain from it, which is why some of the best bass players in the world, in fact, most of the, you know, those kind of bass players that we all know and love, whether they're they're to do with jazz or not, some of them aren't, and I'll get onto that in one second. Some of them are not known for playing jazz at all, um, have studied jazz in the past in in a deep way. And I think that that is a, a real a real eye-opener to how impactful jazz can be on your playing if you choose to use it as a tool. Um, I thought I'd, I'd start off this um, this podcast talking about a little story. Sorry, I've got a uh, some of my notifications going off right here on my laptop. Um, yeah, talking about a story, something that happened to me, and it was a bass player that reached out a long time ago. This is when I was on Facebook and everybody was using Facebook Messenger, um, which is something I've not used in a long time, but a great player who I was a big fan of, actually a guy, I'm not going to share his name because I don't think it's fair to do so, but uh, a, a, a pro player based in the UK um, who most of you will have known known of or have heard about. Um, he's done some really big gigs. I met him first at the um, a bass show. We used to have this thing called the London Bass Show and it was freaking awesome. I met him at the London Bass Show. We were hanging, having coffee and stuff like that. That was the first time that we got to hang out in the in the real world. And then a few weeks after that, and I was getting all the tips, right? I was like, how do you get these gigs with all of these sort of like incredible artists and asking him about what it's like to work in the studio with artists like that and, you know, all that kind of stuff, as you'd expect, right? And then a few weeks afterwards, 
afterwards, he actually reached back out to me through Facebook Messenger. And he was, and it was kind of like, it was really unexpected because I, I just didn't expect, I didn't expect it to come from him because I just thought he had it all down in terms of his playing. And for, in many ways he did, because he was like, he was, he was like not only a bass player, but he was a musical director for some of these artists as well. But he reached out and it was a really transparent and, um, heartfelt email. And it was him basically saying, Hey, he was like, Hey, Scott, thanks for, you know, meeting the other week, had a blast, yada, yada, yada. It was great to hang. And then he went on to say, look, just to put it out there, I am uh, terrified of being found out. I'm terrified of being found out because the reality is that even though I have these great gigs and a great reputation um, in the music industry and the, the bass community and all of that good stuff, he said, the reality is that I'm lugging it. And I feel like I'm going to get found out. I feel like a fraud. Um, and, and I finally want to do something about it. He said, but, the, but here's the, here's the deal. He was like, but I haven't got all of the time in the world. And, um, and I'm not sure, like, even if I could commit to lessons or he said, but what, what can I, what can I do to, to help me level up in a way that, I'll start to understand harmony and chords in a, in a way where I feel like, well, well like I'm, so I'm not a fraud. So I feel like I can really um, have in-depth conversations with the other people in the band and really, because he was coming from a place of service. He wanted to be able to talk about voicings with the piano players or, you know, lines with the harmonies with the, with the horn players and be able to converse with these other musicians in a way that he felt really comfortable and he didn't feel like he could at that point because he felt like, well, just like I said, he said, I feel like a fraud. I've got all of these great gigs, but I, I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing. And, and it was interesting because I'd been in that space before. I'd actually, because I come from a guitar background, I could play pretty well. I could, you know, maneuver around the front. When I started playing bass, I started playing bass when I was around 17, 18 years old. I'd been playing guitar at that point, five or six years. So from a technique standpoint, I was, I was okay, but I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And it was only when I really started looking and learning some jazz standards that I began to see how it all was pinned together, how chords worked with one another. Up until then, it was just a freaking mystery to me. And this is what I was telling this guy. I was like, look, I was like, if you feel like a fraud, don't worry. Like there's so many people in that same situation. And I think it's kind of like a silent epidemic actually of people. They're kind of painting by numbers, but they really don't understand the, like how their bass lines work with different chords and how those chords work with other chords and, and all of that good stuff. It's really what I refer to as harmony and theory. They don't understand what they're doing on the bass and how that really links and, and attaches itself within the harmony and theory of songs. And this isn't kind of the theory that we did in, in school, right? Cause I sucked at that theory. I sucked at it, you know, sort of like, I don't know, all of that stuff that I did in high school, I'm just like, oh, I was just, it didn't have any application within what I was doing in the real world. When I picked up my guitar or my bass, I wasn't using any of that stuff. Um, but what I'm talking about when I say harmony and theory is really something called functional theory. And functional theory um, 
is kind of like when you understand it, and just let me put it out there, it's not that hard at all. This It's not hard. It's just that you've probably never been told it. You know, I'm sure that you don't know the number of my house, right? It's kind of like that. It doesn't make you stupid. You just don't know it. Same thing here, right? This this functional theory thing that you might have heard of before is not hard. It's actually incredibly simple. Um, and once you get the hang of it and just get your brain into it, um, it will have a like catastrophic in a great way, like a massive impact on the way that you approach bass playing. And it's really like looking inside the matrix, you know, like the matrix, the film, right? Neo looks inside the matrix and he see, sees all of, all of this like inner connective tissue that holds everything together. That is functional theory. And when you understand functional theory, that's when, when you're learning a song, you're not going to be learning it in this sort of like paint by numbers way. Why? you know, like you've got like a C major that moves to sort of like a D minor and that, that, that D minor then might move to an F major. And you're kind of like looking at all of these things as sort of like singular moments in time, not connected. Well, all of these things are connected. All of them are interconnected, just like the Matrix was in that film. And once you understand the how of functional theory and then how to link it with your bass lines, that's when your musicianship will absolutely go up that that next notch if not even more um it will be something like this stuff is like a friend of mine lawrence blackadder shout out to lawrence if you're listening lawrence we used to call it the knowledge <laughs> we used to sort of like say oh they've got the knowledge um and it's really you know it's it's so amazing to see people play when you can see that they've got the knowledge because you see it come through their bass lines. You see it in the choices they make. You see it in how they move around the fingerboard. When they have the knowledge, it really shines out. And it's really separate from technique. Somebody can have sort of like garbage technique, but just sort of like decent time and the knowledge, and they're going to get gigs all day long. Um, and for me, the learning jazz was the gateway. It was the gateway um, drug into learning functional theory because people could, you know, they can teach you or talk about functional theory, but you only are going to be able to get it really under your fingers and into your mind in a really deep way when you actually start committing it to, um, you know, playing music with it, like linking it with songs. And jazz songs in many ways are just the perfect tool to to use to learn functional theory, especially walking bass lines. There's absolutely nothing better. So all that to say when this individual reached out to me and said, look, I ain't got a bunch of time. I, like, what's the fast track? You know, and I'm not actually a fan of fast tracks, but there is a fast track. Um, and my message to him was, I was like, look, you could, you know, you could, you could focus on a lot of different stuff. But I said, if you've got limited time, the one thing, if I was you, that I would focus on is learning walking bass lines. And I was like, because you're going to be doing so many things at once. You're going to be learning this thing called functional theory, which is going to teach you how all chords are linked and, and, and just, and, and then you, you're going to be able to, you know, represent those, that harmony and chords on the fingerboard. So you're going to be learning all about functional theory. You're also going to be learning about the neck. 
of the bass, the fingerboard, and how to map all of that functional theory, all of those chords across the entire fingerboard. So you're going to get all of this stuff built into one kind of focus of study, right? And I said, and also you're going to learn about how all of these chords are connected because when you're playing walking bass lines, you're going to be moving like in a linear fashion using linear lines from one chord to another. So I said, if I was you, I would just focus on working on walking bass lines. And he came back a few weeks later and just put, well, put it this way. I'm on the Christmas card list forever. <laughs> I'm on that Christmas card list forever. He was absolutely blown away by it, which is why I hammer people when I'm talking to them about what they should be focusing on is walking bass is one of those things that everybody should be working on. But more than that, Let's just go one step further. Not only walking bass, but if you truly want to level up your musicianship, you should be really looking at learning jazz or using jazz as a tool to up-level your playing in all areas. In all areas. You don't need to be into jazz to to you know to use it as a tool now that said okay just to let me sort of like pause on that statement bef before we go on okay you don't need to like be into jazz to be able to learn it as a tool if you don't want to play jazz at all for the rest of your life great but honestly just study it and learn it as a tool to up level your bass playing that said i'm going to push back and say that when that jazz is being given like a bad bad name. They marketed it incorrectly, right? Because jazz is many things. When when I say the word jazz, you probably had an instant thought of, oh, this type of music, right? Oh, I've heard jazz before, whatever, right? Whether you're into it or not, you probably had a sound that you thought of. Well, um, I want to challenge that. And I would say that jazz is anything that, improvisation exists within that's what jazz is it isn't really a genre of music it's an approach to music so if you in my opinion if you are playing improvisational music you are playing jazz okay it's not a genre it's a, it's an approach so so for instance there are you know, like listen to if you listen to Jamiroquai, for instance, I'm just thinking about sort of like bands out there that you might have heard of, right? If you listen to Jamiroquai, Jamiroquai is, a, is an acid jazz band. That's it. If you search acid jazz, it was a, um, it was something I think that was born out of the UK. That type of music, and it is an it's an improvisational approach to funk. You know, it's. Um, yes, it has a sound, but it is, and especially the bass lines, there's a lot of improvisation within there. So that was born from that acid jazz era. Also, you know, people like Miles Davis, for instance, like this is, for instance, I'm sure that when I said jazz, many of you thought this, right? That was Miles Davis playing So What. Well, yeah, that's jazz, but so is this. This is Gary Willis playing his track Armageddon Blues. Listen to the start of this. Oh, yeah. 
freaking love this track. Sorry if the audio is crap, by the way. Come on, like I'm just playing this out of my Mac speakers, so it might be, uh, might be crap. Now his solo goes on to check out his solo. Check out this. Now there's improvisation there, right? The 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 like Gary's improvising, the the drums are improvising, the keys are improv like this this is what jazz is. Then you've got man, you've got Latin jazz. Check out this big band Latin jazz. Shout out to Michelle Camilo. This track is called Carib. Oh killer and then i've got this really killer one from john patatucci here playing this solo piece just listen to this it's beautiful this is called one for brian And then he goes on to play this beautiful piece. All that to say, when I say jazz, what I mean is it it, it's, it has the foundational element of it is improvisation. Yes, there is composition there. You can have compositions um, in many different kind of like styles and imper- interpretations of jazz. But ultimately, it is kind of this, this improvisational um, heart of it is what really makes it jazz. Um, man, I could just sit here and play you all of these tunes. I keep, you know, I, I think I want to be a radio a radio host. I just want to play awesome, awesome jazz tracks to you. Anyway, all that to say that that, when I say jazz, if you're thinking just this, like, yeah, that that's jazz, but there's also a lot of different types of jazz. So don't think of it as that. That's like tra- more traditional stuff. Like that was, you know, obviously Miles Davis playing So What, which is, uh, I think that was recorded, was it late 50s? Mm, maybe, maybe 60s. I know it had like Bill Evans on it, John Coltrane, you know. Okay, it was off the album uh, Kind of Blue. Oh, come on. I need to find out when Kind of Blue was done. Just hold on. Kind of Blue. Let's see. Was I way off? Oh, yeah, 1959. I was actually going to say 59, but I didn't want to uh, spread misinformation. 1959. Anyway, all of that stuff that I just played was jazz. Okay, so jazz isn't one style of music. It's really... Um, it's really a, it's an approach to music. It's an Im- improvisational approach to music. Okay. So, and for me, it had a massive impact on me as a bass player. It was actually my first, um, well, this is a pretty cool story. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another cool story. I was on a, uh, I was on a ship. I was working on the ships 
um, on the cruise ships when I was 21, 22 years old, something like that. Um, and we were out in the Caribbean somewhere and I was, I had my six string, yes, six string overwater bass. And I was like, I was practicing every day. And honestly, like I was working out, out there, working professionally. And there's a whole backstory about how I got that gig. I really shouldn't have had the gig. I was not good enough. But anyway, I was out in the Caribbean, living on this cruise ship, playing every single day. One of the best periods of my life. And um, it was an absolute blast. And we were you know, as I was saying in the Caribbean and with a cruise ship, what it does is it docks during the day and then all the passengers go off into and check out, you know, the, wherever you've, you've stopped for the day. And, um, which means as a, as a band member on the, on the ship, you can pretty much do whatever you want. And I actually practiced a lot. So as the, uh, when all of the, the, the passengers were off, I used to go to the, the, the stage. I used to you know, hit the bass amp on, pick up the bass and used to sort of like shed. And this particular week, there was this passenger who never got off the ship. He'd never get, got off. He'd just never got off. He'd always go up. He'd get, got on the grand piano, which was sort of like on the side of the stage. And he'd just play the grand piano all day long. <clears throat> and, um, I actually approached him maybe like two days in and got, and got chatting with him. And the deal was that basically he was now I cannot remember what school he was at, what he was teaching at, but he was a um he was a, a music teacher um, in a like higher education, so like a, a music college or university out of New York. And he'd come on a cruise with his wife and his friends. And the wife and friends during the day went off and explored wherever we were in the Caribbean. And his deal was he just wanted to sit and play piano. That's what a holiday was for him. And thankfully, his wife was cool with this and, uh, and let him do what he wanted. So he used to sit there during, the, like, the, during this week playing piano. And I got to, uh, I got to talking to him and, and, um, and he had a massive impact on me. And he was the first one that really, he was like, oh, should we, should we play a little bit? So I was like playing with him a little. And he was like, he could obviously see that I didn't really know what I was doing, right? I was like painting by numbers. And he was like, you really need to learn some jazz standards. You really need to get into this. He said, because when you do, even if you learn just a few, it's going to really open your mind in terms of what, you know, how music works, how all of these chords sort of like link together, why they are, why we use the chords that we do. And he said, it'll really, um, be, he didn't use the the terminology sort of like be the gateway into this sort of like higher level of functioning as a musician, um, but that's what he meant. Um, the gateway drug into sort of like the the other side, the the sort of like I'd be stepping into the matrix. I'd really be neo sort of like having that new experience of music. So I really took that um, to heart and really started working on it. And then when I got back to, at the end of that contract, I'd been working all, on all of this stuff. And I actually went on a jazz course um, here in Yorkshire when I got back because I was so impacted by what I'd learned from him during that week and could really see, like, do you know when you can see into, like, you're not on the inside, you know, you're sort of like, you can see into the clubhouse and you're like, oh, I just want to be in that. I want to be over there, but I'm over here. I could really see what he was talking about. Now, I wanted to be 
in in the group i wanted to be in the cool kids you know so i really took that and I, and i start when when i got back to the uk off that cruise ship um which was a seven month contract when i got back i actually enrolled in like a two-year jazz course um part-time and and it really was so impactful for me in terms of my development as a musician and going back to what i was talking about earlier that is why when you look at the greatest bass players um through history most of them have got um have spent a portion if not a you know some of them have gone like you know they've gone ham they've gone deep but most of them have got in fact all of them i can't think of anybody that hasn't of them sort of like serious pro bass players that hasn't got a kind of like dedicated a portion of their of their you know sort of like cycle of their journey as a musician um to to learn in us and study in jazz so for instance all like pino paladino joe dart victor wooten james jameson carol Kay, anthony jackson nathan east like these are the giants right they've all got um either a heavy background in jazz or they have dedicated a portion of their learning journey to learning jazz and getting it under their fingers. Now, remember, jazz is not just... It's not that, okay? So it, that is part of it, but it's not that. So I just wanted to point that out because when I say jazz, again, I think everybody has like this sound that they think of in their minds. I'm just going to push back and say, that is not jazz. Jazz is improvisation. That's really what jazz is at the heart of it, okay? And all of those players have dedicated them either their entire lives in, in some of, in some cases or a portion of their journey as a musician to learning and getting their fingers, you know, getting, getting uh, jazz onto the fingerboard. And that could be an, like how they approach baseline creation, how they approach soloing, but all of them have done it. Um, which is why I was really, when it comes to, you know, myself, it, it had such a massive impact on me, but also has obviously had a huge impact on other bass players as well. That I was just really, really excited when it came to creating the Jazz Accelerator, which was my stab at creating a program that really <coughs> will have a, you know, lifelong lasting effect on how people play the bass when they go through this program. So let me just talk about the program because what I did, my approach to this um, was different to how I'd created a program to begin with, because I kind of sort of like went at it like from a first principles um, kind of approach. I, I kind of like looked at it from the ground up and I was like, okay, what really do we need to um communicate to somebody when they want to get into you know learning jazz and i came up with this sort of like methodology of a 360 degree learning framework and i mean 360 degrees because it's the the course in itself is linear as in sort of like it is very step by step but i also wanted to make sure that we were hitting on all areas of jazz 
Okay. I wanted to make sure that we were not just learning one thing at a time, but we had a 360 degree approach to learning jazz. And when I looked at it, I could clearly see that, um, I love the idea, for instance, of using like jazz standards, which is just a fancy way of saying jazz songs. Okay. Using jazz standards as the scaffold which held the course together. Um, and in the Jazz Accelerator, um, there are three different songs that we focus on over, I think it's 15 weeks. So it's three different songs over 15 weeks. And the reason we do this is then we apply these I guess, sort of like five areas of study to each of the jazz standards. So for, I think it's something like five weeks, we focus on just one jazz standard, okay, for five weeks. Then we move on to the next jazz standard for five weeks, and then the next jazz standard for five weeks. So through the entire program, we're only focusing on these three jazz songs, these three jazz standards. But here's the devil in the detail, right? In weeks one through five, we're focusing on five different areas of study. And this is where this 360-degree approach comes in, okay? To begin with, we start out with just accompaniment skills. Like, and what do I mean by accompaniment skills? Well, walking bass lines. How do you play a walking bass line around this jazz standard? So that's what we focus on just for one week. Then once we've got the walking bass line down and we understand how to play a walking bass line, which is incredibly important. When you learn how to play walking bass lines, your bass line creation in any in any genre or style of music will never be the same because the the skill set that you build when you're learning to um, play walking bass lines is something that you you will carry with you forever okay so that's what we focus on week 1 when we are looking at the first jazz standard then we move on to harmony and theory like yeah we're playing this walking bass line but how does it how do all of these chords tie together if you've ever heard people talking about two five ones or one six two fives or tritone substitutions or any of that kind of stuff that's when we really focus in on that so by week two you understand how to approach it not only from a walking bass standpoint but you also understand how all of the chords work together then in the next week we actually start looking at the melody and interpretation yeah you start playing the melody of the song as well and how to interpret the melody because that tells you, like people are always trying to like improvise and solo, which is a really key part of, you know, getting to learn jazz. But you cannot do that if you can't even play the melody. That's where it begins. So we learn the melody and then we learn how to interpret the melody. Then the next week, then we move on to soloing and improvisation because now you've already learned the melody and the interpretation. Then you move on to soloing and imp improvisation. And then in the final week, we learn, then learn chordal development, how to actually play the chords around the piece. So by the end of a five-week period, you have learned a jazz standard, but you've learned it 
in a fully baked 360 degree approach because you've learned how to solo and improvise over it, how the harmony and the theory works, how to interpret the melody and play the melody, how to play the chords throughout the piece, and then also how to play the walking bass line, okay? So that's what we do in the first five weeks all over one this one jazz standard. Then all we do is we swap out the jazz standard and bring in a brand new one. This is for the next part of the course, weeks six through 10, right? So then we do the same thing. We work on the accompaniment skills. We work on the harmony and functional theory, the chordal development, the melody and interpretation, and the soloing and improvisation. We do that for another five weeks. Then we swap out the sta- the, that jazz standard again. So again, so what we're using is this sort of like five-part framework here, the soloing and improv, harmony and functional theory, melody and interpretation, chordal development and then accompaniment skills which is walking bass we're using that as the framework and then swapping out the jazz standard that we're learning this over now the important thing here is not only are we swapping out the jazz standard every five weeks but we're also up leveling in each of the areas as well okay meaning that the first time that first jazz standard that we look at when we're looking at solo and improvisation, for instance, we're looking at, you know, basic stuff, using chord tones, using chord tones to outline the harmony, playing through the changes, using enclosures on those chord tones. Then when we come back around on um, the second jazz standard, we're looking at using, um, um, what's it called? Sorry, the terms... uh, just bounced out of my mind. Oh yeah, we're using key center soloing on the second time round. We look at that different jazz standard. And then on the third jazz standard, when we're looking at scales, we're looking at modes, we're looking at tritone substitutions when we're soloing. So we're up leveling in each of the areas as we move through different jazz standards. Um, it's an amazing approach to learning jazz and learning this kind of like what I think as a, a, like a real art form. And and again, it's just such an incredible way to not only learn these songs in a really deep and meaningful way, but it's using this 360 degree approach to learning these jazz standards is you will get on a if you go through this program, you will, you could go to like a jazz jam session or something like that. Just check it out. When somebody's like, oh, do you, do you want to play a, you know, what, what jazz standard do you want to play? You'll have a, you know, obviously you'd be like, hey, let's do this one. Okay, great. You'll know the melody. You'll know the chords. You'll know how to play a walking bass line around it. You'll know how all of the chords interact with each other and why they're there. You'll know how to solo over it and improvise over it. That is so incredibly powerful. And then once you've been through this, this system that I've put together, you'll then be able to take that system and then apply it to more jazz standards if you want to carry on down that road. And hopefully you will. This is something I've been practicing this stuff for years, ever since I met that guy who I think his name was John. I can't remember his surname. Ever since I met John on that cruise ship when I was 21, which is over 20 years ago. It's like 24 years ago. So I'm nearly 45 now. I've been learning, I've been using this stuff every single week since I met him. And it's, and I just, 
let me flat out say it. I would not play the way I do if I hadn't met that guy, if I had met John and I hadn't, you know, then fallen in love with jazz and what it really is and what it represents within music. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't know any of this stuff. I wouldn't be here talking to you if it wasn't for that meeting with John on the cruise ship. I absolutely wouldn't. And if you've ever wondered, like I'm not blowing my own sort of like trumpet here, but I'm I'm pretty cool in terms of teaching and specifically thinking about music in a systematic way and being able to communicate that to students, right? Um, I'm sure that you've heard me talking about some of this stuff before the way the reason i'm 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 good at that is because of jazz because of the way that i've learned this stuff because it systematizes it um and it's just an incredible tool that you can use to up level your playing so um if you want to know i've got some like little details here as well i've said obviously the um the course is uh, it's called the jazz accelerator i've given you sort of like the the kind of sort of like the rundown of the framework that i use within it but just to sort of like some of the finer details is in terms of the video instruction um there's over 18 hours of video instruction that you get access to and this is when you sign up for the jazz accelerator you'll get um lifetime access to it there's 18 hours worth of instruction within the program um, it's over 15 weeks we also do three live um, live classes as well so you can on weeks 5 10 and 15 if you've got any questions for me you can get on live with me and ask me questions in real time that's always a blast there's also a bunch of downloadable play-alongs that have been professionally recorded so you, th this isn't like learning from a book this is like a fully immersive experience where I'm teaching you all of these, you know, all of these, I guess, sort of like methods and exercises of how to approach this stuff. And then you get to go and do that and and play it with a real band because we've got these professionally recorded play-alongs as well. Um, and we've also got these beautifully designed printable workbooks as well that you get access to when you, uh, when you, when you sign up. So it's really an amazing... Um, an amazing uh, experience to go through this uh, through this program and it's something that i'm incredibly incredibly proud of and um, if it sounds at all like something you want to check out just go to studybasewithscott.com and you'll find it there but remember it's only open for four days this year for enrollment okay so if it sounds like something you want to check out just go to studybasewithscott.com you'll find it there again we're o only opening it for what like for one enrollment this year and it's only open for four days um if you are on the fence and you are thinking oh shit i'm not sure this is for me um Obviously, we have uh, a 30-day money-back uh, money guarantee with it. So you can try out the first four weeks of the entire program completely risk-free. And if it doesn't sound like, you know, if, or if you get on the inside and you're on week four and you don't feel that we're absolutely rocking your world in any, you know, in, in any single way, or we've under-delivered under, under in any way, 
you just shout give us a shout at support at scottspacelessons.com and we'll give you a full refund within 24 hours usually within 12 hours but obviously you know we're sort of like you know time zone specific and all that we're over here in the uk but it all you'll absolutely get a um <clears throat> your money back within 24 hours if we haven't rocked your world in every single way so again if you want to check out the course um go to studybasewithscott.com and look if it's not right for you right now um no harm no foul um but but hey just let me put it out there go do this anyway (laughs) if you can't go through the program go figure it out on your own um the the program's like, like without doing the hard sell or anything like that, it is an amazing program. I think it's probably, well, I'm going to remove the word probably, actually. It's the best online jazz program ever created for bass players like yourself. But if for any reason you can't do it, go do this on your own. Like, figure it out. Go listen to the... Listen, like get into the players and and go find the lessons on YouTube and stuff like that. Go listen to my jazz lessons on YouTube. I've got a bunch of them, um, but don't um, don't let it slide by because it will completely change um, who you are as a bass player. Go listen to all of those great jazz players like the Gary Willis's, the Jaco Pastorius's, the Anthony Jackson's, the Jimmy Johnson. I'm going deep on Jimmy Johnson right now. I'm just, I'm like so far down the Jimmy John- Johnson rabbit hole. I don't think I'm ever going to come out. Um, but the Jimmy Johnson's, the James Jameson's, you know, like go deep down. You might think James Jameson. Yeah, James Jameson was a jazz player, dudes jazz player that's why his bass lines sound ridiculously awesome that's why he approached playing bass like nobody else it's because he came from like his playing is straight from jazz but go get into those players start transcribing what they're doing there's so much juice you can get from the squeeze um and the music that they played on like obviously all the stuff that i was playing earlier but there's just so much to be gained and so much amazing music to listen to out there that is, you know, would fall under this jazz category. Um, I just think that improvisation is such an incredible art form um, in music and other art forms as well, in painting and, you know, art and dance. But for me, I'm just, I've just, I'm just head over heels in love with improvisation, improvisation as an art form within music. And I think that, um, I just wish wish to see more of it out there. Anyway, I'm, I'm gushing about jazz now. I will stop, um, and hopefully I will hear hear from you on the next podcast. Again, just one last time, if you want to check out the program, just go to studybasewithscott.com and you'll find it there. I'll make sure that we uh, put a redirect in place so it pops you over to the uh, to the jazz accelerator. You can check out the full program, and hopefully I will see you on the inside. Take it easy. And obviously, as always, I'll see you in the shed.